0: Sally Lucas, aeroplane etiquette, what can we learn? Well, I think we can learn a lot and I don't do any of this that I'm going to talk about. I'm a very good person when I pack and what I take in hand luggage and I guess we've all been in that situation probably on a plane where you see someone lugging some immense bit of hand luggage in and they're supposed to comply and in most airlines it's only seven kilos and there are size restrictions as well. So I just think we just need to pass on that there is etiquette when you are flying. And obviously these days, the old days, sometimes you could have an extra bag at no additional cost along long on. So, you know, airlines try to boost their revenue with more and more fees these days. So you can always expect to pay more if you've got more than your checked luggage allowance, of course, though some of them are giving you increased checked luggage allowance now as well, which is a a good thing, I suppose, which means hopefully that will help or prevent you from taking so much hand luggage if you can put it in your checked luggage. Mm -hmm. Um, The old days it used to be 20 kilos, you know, but these days it's usually 23 and some are giving you even 30, depending on the airline. So what we're talking about here is the etiquette of the hand luggage. So the main thing is to check the dimensions. You can go online with any carrier and look up dimensions. It'll tell you the dimensions your bag should be. Some airlines do stop you and will make you check it in as luggage if they notice your hand luggage is large when you get to the check-in gate. Some people will leave it over there with with husband or wife and think, oh, I won't be caught. And then they'll get to the check-in gate and they'll say, sorry, they'll make you check it in the bag. Measure. I've seen that happen. Then you've had to go to the end of the queue and go back and have that bag checked in. So... Um, that could happen to you and of course then you start panicking thinking, am I going to miss my flight, you know, I should have checked the bag in, etc. The main thing is that when you have got a bag, if it has got wheels on it, put the wheels in first so that you've got the handle to easily pull it out. If you've got uh, a hat or a coat, try and put it neatly on top of that bag so you're not using up someone else's space. Remember you're sharing that overhead bin, it's not yours. You are sharing it with quite a few other passengers. Um, The other thing too, like some of your smaller things, like I always have my handbag under the seat in front of me. I never put that in the overhead locker. And always keep down what you need so you're not disturbing people. So if you've got a book you want to read or, you know, your little handheld um, device or whatever it is you're needing, your glasses, your pen, have that all there so you're not and if you think you might need a jacket during the flight or a shawl if you get cold keep that there and you can easily fit that under your seat and that's a slightly more secure thing if you're thinking about a handbag yeah yeah the handbags certainly and also remember that anything that is heavy going into pardon me into that overhead locker if there is turbulence and and they they do fly open the, the overhead lockers then that's going to hurt someone quite badly so try and limit the weight of what you have there and the thing is you've still got to carry it Look, I don't understand from that point of view. You know, I look at myself and how much I like to carry. I like to minimalise it as much as I can and put as much in my suitcase. So all I've got on me, you know, are the important things like your documentation, your money, etc. I mean, in your hand luggage, of course, a change of underwear doesn't go astray in case... You know, that awful thing where your luggage doesn't turn up or is late, that can happen, of course, um, or a toothbrush, you know. But then that's just they're still small little things that don't take up a lot of space, so just try and do that with you. Um, and again, like cash, if, you, if you're on a plane where you're not getting freebies, have your purse out as well. You know, if you have put a bag up the top, make sure you have or your wallet to buy, or your, to buy food or, or whatever. Snack, whatever. Mm-hmm. So, and also the other etiquette I was going to talk about, Jane, is the person who gets into their seat. This is mainly economy class. I'm talking, of course, that this is relevant to, and puts the seat back full all the way as soon as they get in. They have got no thought at all about how much room that person has got behind them. And in economy, it isn't great, especially if you're a tall person. So, you know, consider that etiquette. And if you're worried, if someone has done that to you and you don't want to establish rage in the person in front of you... Mention it to the, the steward or the hostess and they will then co- nicely say, Look, would you mind just you know, until it's time for sleep or until it's you know, or during meal times, you know, they'll ask them to put it up because if they've got the seat back in mealtime, you wouldn't be able to eat your meal. Yes, that's true. So, you know, they're just little things to, to keep in mind to make it a more pleasant trip for yourself and everyone else as well. And the neighbours. <laughs> your and the temporary neighbours. That's exactly right. Right. But, Looking after yourself and others on a plane. Off to Italy. Now that's got so much to offer. For us. It certainly has, Jane. And I, I guess I started thinking about this week and I had a friend of, of a, one of my brothers is a, rung me and wanting some advice. But he was talking about how he's heading off to Italy for his 50th birthday and how much he loves Milan. And we we're discussing how Milan has changed you know, from 30 or 40 years ago when it was more an industrial city. And now, of course, it's anything but, you know, there has so many fashion shows, trade fairs. Everyone loves La Scala, the Opera Il Duomo. And, you know, it's just so famous and it's such a good um, hopping off point to get to the Lakes District as well. You can even do the day trip if you didn't have the time to, you know, really go into the Lakes District. So I started thinking about it and started looking at what sort of interesting Italian itineraries are out there. And some new ones have just come in, which I thought they're, they're evolving all the time. I guess some of these small group journeys into all these different countries to let you immerse yourself, particularly for the person maybe that's there. Their second or third or something time even, you know, where they want to do something a little bit differently. So um, APT for 2019 have actually got some departures, May, June and September. And all they're doing this time is a tour um, in um, Sicily from Palermo to Catania. And it just sounded so interesting that the inclusions they've put in at this time, like see Mount Etna with a volcanologist. So you get a really informative guide. To that mm. wonderful uh, world famous natural phenomenon also you get welcomed into the home of a local sicilian family and have a, a home cooked dinner with them which i think is great um, you visit a local winery in masala and of course you have a masala wine tasting uh, but you do lots of other things as well i mean including going of course to um the town of corleone and everyone will know that name of course it was um, a, t- a lovely town but infamous for the um phenomenon known as the mafia, uh, the Corleone family. But they do all sorts of things. They go to another place called um Kefaloo and it's a coastal town of Norman oranges it's part of a national uh, natural park and it's considered one of the prettiest Italian boroughs so really some interesting things here like I said local wineries accommodation is boutique accommodation uh, one of it's in a world heritage listed archaeological park of the valley of the temples uh, so it sounds absolutely fascinating it's just a little eight day itinerary uh, then you go in another one of the hotels is a former 12th century estate so you, you know you're staying in some really classic places um Going to an opera, a puppet show opera, could you believe that? An opera puppet show, is that the way it's said? Wow. Opera dei Pupi. I wonder what their voices are like. <laughs> uh, yes, I, I guess it'll be interesting. And they say they gain insight into how these famed puppets are made. Uh, the style of the show apparently originated in Syracuse, when Francesco Puzzo made the first puppet in 1875 so some really interesting things there. Teomena you visit a Greek theatre of course we've mentioned Mount Etna etc so that's just one of those tours are available and then CIT another Italian company they've been around forever and a day Compagna Italiano Turismo is what it stands for they've got tours they're calling Cook, Paint, Eat and Repeat and I think that's fantastic so they've got Some lovely eight-day packages as well. Uh, One's in Tuscany again and some are in Sicily. So they've got one doing the flavours of Tuscany and you're staying in um, a villa surrounded by, of course, rolling hills and olive groves and you learn how to cook delicious, authentic... Tuscan dishes as well as doing day trips and you know cookery you have five cookery lessons all meals and wine including two at local restaurants so that's a fantastic one and they also do a painting one in Tuscany so if you're not into cooking and you're into art similar thing you're still getting all your meals and wine but you get five professional painting lessons in that one as well and then as I said they also do a Sicily painting week as well and a Sicily cooking one so there's some really interesting itineraries for you to look at now if you really want to immerse yourself in Italy and again the other day when we were talking about Italy um, this gentleman was recommended by people who travel there regularly to say that go to Puglia because they in Puglia is where you still it's a very genuine regional people food and you're not in your more let's say touristy areas if you wanted to avoid like i mean obviously the amalfi Coast very busy and capri and so on and even the cinque Terre, you know it gets busy around the summer months and so on and so if you wanted to go somewhere not so busy go to Puglia or one of the Where other is areas Puglia? it's on the east coast on the bottom almost the bottom part of the the toe if we want to call it is that right or the hill. So, Heel to heel to east coast. (laughs) I need to look at a map. (laughs) (laughs) But on the the east coast, anyway, where you've got the ports of Bari and Brindisi, where you can get your ferries across, of course, to Greece from there as well. So it's quite a hopping off point for you to then continue on to Greece if you so desire. And lastly, but not leastly, just a little bit on Castaway Island. It's it's a beautiful island. I went there many, many years ago. First time I went there, I think it was 1968. I'm showing my age. I've been there again since then. But it's often been wiped out by cyclones. And not not that long ago as as such, when they had the last bad cyclones there, which was um, Tropical Cyclone Winston in 2016. But they've spent a lot of money on the property since then. And, And it is beautiful. And they've just won an award of the best property of the year, at their annual awards, in, which is held in Hawaii for the Pacific region for an island. And just to let you know, it's in the Mamanufa Islands. It's a four-star resort on 174 acres of tropical rainforest. Um, it's traditional island-style accommodation, like your burays, your nice thatch buries, where you've got both um, ceiling fans and, of course, air conditioning as well. Um, they've got terrific dining options and plenty of things for you to do if you want snorkeling diving motorized water sports sailing kayaking stand-up paddle boarding Um, because it's a large enough island you can do like a nice little tropical rainforest bushwalk they have tennis you know volleyball, etc., traditional Fijian tra- craft classes as well. But it is a delightful island and it's a little bit further out than some of the others. It's sort of a little bit more isolated. So if you're thinking of going to Fiji, it has won this award. But having said that, it's a beautiful island in its own right and has survived a couple of cyclones now. So they've done well to win that award. What is there at the moment in the current travel marketplace? It's funny, Jen, at this time of year, getting towards the end of financial year, we don't get as many hot deals coming through. Isn't that funny? Like the wholesalers are all concentrating maybe on their end of financial year status and more worried about that. So, but I've managed to yeah, get a few together anyway. Um, there's Trust some last so. minute savings here. If you're still thinking of getting away from the winter in July and August this year, Intrepid Travel have uh, range, a range of holidays, if you like, where they're giving you last minute um, discounts. Now, one is on the 4th of August on Intrepid's 28-day highlights of Ecuador and Peru adventure. It's a saving of nearly $1,000 on that. Um, also, on the 7th of August, they've got a 12-day Southern Comfort USA adventure, um, which is all through the Southern Holiday. Hospitality from New Orleans through to Charleston and all around that area, Savannah, etc., Nashville, Memphis. Uh, again, they've got a saving of just under a thousand on that. Fifth uh, of August, they've got an eight-day. We're we talking Italy, of course, and it's another nice region, Umbria. It's a beautiful place, Umbria, of course. It's it's all where you've got the wonderful St. Francis of Assisi and Orvieto and etc. So it's it's lovely. They've got savings of just under five hundred dollars on that uh, tour because it's only a shorter tour, an eight-day tour and on the 6th of August they've got a six-day classic Cambodia adventure which has got a discount of just under 400 and on the 29th of July around about 700 saving on a 28 day Cape Town to Victoria Falls adventure so there's a few things there where you can still get some rebates for this current time of the year and also Rocky Mountaineer that wonderful rail journey we've talked about quite often they've um, got their current offer for this year they've actually extended it through to july the 27th where they've had these incredible savings if you're booking a package of um, five or more days you receive a free hotel night in vancouver seattle or calgary and they're good style hotels so you're looking at least a couple of hundred dollars you know a night for a hotel and they've also brought an offer out for next year already for 2019 so you can have the offer there where it's a thousand dollars per couple in early booking bonuses if you want to take advantage of that for next year and that offer expires 31 August. Um, ben Tours and Hertie have got a fly free um, involving Antarctica this year, coupled with Patagonia and the Falkland Islands. So you can book a selected Antarctic expedition cruise on two of their vessels the classic um, MS Midnight Sol, uh, and I guess that means Midnight Sun, I presume. I and <laughs> and, and the rolled Amundsen, and you receive a flight credit worth about just under $2,500 to get you there. So these are, offers end on the 12th of August for sailing dates now they're a long way ahead because as you probably realize jane antarctic does book out a long way ahead it's from october 2019 to march 2020 and if you're still wondering what to do for christmas what about a little flight across the ditch and go to um, the South Island of New Zealand. They've got this lovely festive South Island, New Zealand itinerary with Grand Pacific tours available, which is leaving on the 20th of December. Some people don't want to be at home for Christmas for whatever reason. Um, so this would be a nice way to spend Christmas. And you're spending a lovely, lovely time doing Christchurch, of course, Arthur's Pass and Franz Joseph. You do the Transalpine, which is one of the great trans journeys of the world across to do, uh, across to Arthur's Pass at uh, Queen's, which, of course, is just such a stunning, stunning place. Milford Sound, you have an overnight cruise down on the Sound, which is lovely as well. And then you continue on to Tianao, again, a a beautiful spot, Dunedin, as we call it, Dunedin, (laughs) and back to Christchurch. So it's a lovely itinerary there, fully escorted, including airfares, four-star hotel accommodation, most meals, sightseeing and attractions. And that's starting from Sydney uh, per person under a twin share from just under $5,000. Um, if, again, getting closer to uh, when you want to get away, 20th September, there's a tour to Borneo from just under $3,000 for a nice 11-day group tour there where you're going to go to um, Bandar Seri Begawan, which is in rural, I can't get my words out today, Royal Brunei, and you're flying with Royal Brunei Airlines. Just remember, Brunei is alcohol-free and so is the airline. Um, it goes on to Sepingar Island, Kota Kinabalu, you do a homestay, you go into the Kinabalu National Park, um, you go to the Pouring Hot Springs, Sandakan, of course, of the awful march, of course, that our soldiers did, the Sepulok Orangutan Sanctuary and also the Proboscis Sanctuary as well. So you get to see some wonderful primates. So, look, that's, I think, enough to keep people a bit interested in some hot deals out there. Plenty to think about. Plenty to think about. Thank you, Sally Lucas. Thank you, Jane. And we'll be back talking travel again next Friday on 2NURFM.